We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex, where oil country shops for printers and office equipment. Service is their business. On Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. Back here on Oilers Now, it's 1234 in Edmonton. All in for Bob Stoffer today. Bob battling a, a sickness, uh, an illness, as uh, Zach Cassian is as well for the Oilers. Uh, the weather's off today, but McClellan's saying uh, yesterday that we may see Cassian back in the lineup uh, tomorrow night, so we'll wait and see. Uh, we go to our headliner here, presented by ATB Financial, ATB Alberta's Home Ice Advantage. Uh, before we bring aboard Elliot, I should mention that some guests on Oilers now receive gift certificates to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. And we bring aboard our headliner from NHL Hockey on Rogers. It's Elliot Friedman. Elliot, what's going on? Bob have a hangnail today? <laughs> I don't know. He has some sort of sickness. So and- Now, well, let me ask you something, Brand. Do you think that he considers himself more or less to the lo- of a loss to the Oilers than Zach Cassian? <laughs> uh, I think Bob would would admit that it's Zach Cassian because he brings a dimension the Oilers really need. So, who knows? All right, I don't know. I think Bob might think that you know the broadcast just wouldn't sound as good without him. Well, that it's a big loss, no doubt about that. But oh, okay, okay. Let's uh, as long as we all understand that. Okay, good. Uh, you know, it's funny with Zach Cassian because the Oilers last night against the Wild. I mean, the Wild are not a physical team, so I guess maybe Bob would be more valuable in a game like that. But maybe, maybe they're kind of smallish to begin with. That's right. Ah, uh, you ready to have some fun, Elliot? Oh, sure. Okay. Well, what do you want? Well, I know. What you do know you got? Go- you know, you know where I'm going here first because everybody's talking about PK Subban. Yeah. And everyone's having fun today. I already have a thousand trade proposals coming in from an Oilers standpoint. Yeah. Uh, I'm just like, okay. Well, let's get to the report first by Louis Jean. Um, Let's put out what the exact tweet said. Um, That one team has confirmed to him the Habs are gauging the market on Subban. So that's where we stand. Uh, I said at the top of the show, I think uh, it would be crazy for the Habs to move Subban if something like that happens. It takes the whole organization to, I guess, decide upon that and I doubt it happens before the trade deadline it would likely happen in the offseason if it happened at all uh, where do you stand on it well I look at this like this you know obviously if you if you go back to his salary arbitration issue it looked like there was going to be a major problem there and the owner stepped in and he got it done okay so that tells you right there how the organization feels about PK Subban that the guy at the top is obviously uh, a very big fan. So that's number one. So let's just say for argument's sake there was truth to this and they were considering uh, dealing Saban. You know it's got to be a trade that you look at and you say, we win. You cannot, you cannot in any way make this out to be a deal that, says, oh boy, you know, maybe we didn't win the trade. That's just, it's not an option. So I think the only way they would ever trade him is if the deal is so good that your fans would have to say, you know what, we really hate to lose this guy, but that's a heck of a deal. So I, I think that. Like, I don't think any player is untouchable, but I do think some players are more untouchable than others. And he's pretty close. So that's number one. Number two, I think that 
you know, he's he's been really good for them. Notwithstanding what happened the other night where he made the mistake at the end of the game and it got pointed out by his coach, the, the fact of the matter is that he has played on a defense that has been very poor. He has been really good. His biggest mistakes are like the one he made the other night where he's trying to make something happen at the end of a game and it blows up in his face. And I think there are situations you have to look at where you say, you know what, um, uh, we have to deal with that. And uh, so I think on a team, where de- as you guys know, because you guys live it firsthand, defense is so important now. He is by miles their best defenseman. And if they wouldn't get somebody similar in return, it would leave a gaping hole on the blue line. So I don't see it happening unless the trade is so good that you you can't help but not make it if you're the Montreal Canadiens. Well, where does Tarion come out in terms of calling out Subban? Because you mentioned how important he is to that team. And would Tarion even have a job if it wasn't for a player like P.K. Subban? Like you mentioned how important he is to that team, what he does. The Habs are struggling to begin with. I wonder where they would be without Subban. So it just seems like there is a bit of a strange uh, relationship going on there with Subban and the Habs. Well, you know, I, I believe this, that this has been a nightmare of a season. I think there's there's sometimes you go into a year and you know it's going to be bad, right? Like Buffalo last year, they knew last year was going to be bad. And you grin and bear and you, you try to make the best out of it, right? Um, this year, the Montreal Canadiens thought they were going to be really good. They thought they were a Stanley Cup contender. And even when Carey Price got hurt, I think they figured that, yeah, you know, he's a great player. He, he deserved all those awards he got last year, but we're not going to be a disaster without him. We should be good enough without him to at least be in the conversation. They've been a disaster without him. And I think that this has strained everybody, from the owner to the general manager to the coach to the players. And I just think that it's fraying at the seams. Um, you know, I, I think this is a team that is not – like. Look, there's all sorts of rumors about who likes who and who doesn't like who and la da 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 da. But all you all you can say from this is that team is not pulling in the same direction. And whether it's because guys don't get along with each other or they're not good enough, whatever the case is, it's hard not to look at that team right now and say there's something really wrong there. And I'm sure the coach was frustrated. I'm sure all the players are frustrated. Um, And sometimes that boils over. And it probably gives you a window into what everybody really feels about each other because there were other guys there who could have been blamed for that particular play. But I think the other thing, too, is, and this is one thing I really admire about Saban, is he has a thick skin. He's got a lot of, like, up yours you can't stop me kind of mentality. Throw everything at me that you want. I'm going to shove it right back in your face. And, you know, he is one of the few guys on that team right now who I think Tarion could criticize, and he could come out and play a great game the next day and not have it just crush him. Well, Elliot, here's where the fun begins, because uh, you mentioned that they would need someone to replace Subban, but let's, let's have some fun. All right, so you're going to start throwing trade proposals well, not, at me? Not necessarily a trade proposal, but okay. if he was out there, 
the Oilers would have some pieces that, uh, you know, the Habs would like. Uh, you mentioned the D. Maybe, I guess, Clefbaum would be the closest or Nurse as a uh, a guy that may interest uh, Montreal, and then all their offense they have. They need help offensively, so a guy like Hall, Nugent Hopkins, or Drysaddle would make sense as well. So it seems like if he if he was out there, he's a right shot. He would be great on the power play with McDavid. <laughs> there should be a lot of interest from the. All right, owners. so you're you're going with the proposals for well, me, right? Well, okay. I don't know. I'm just well, look at this. I, I'm looking. I'm looking at your roster. Okay. <laughs> if you want to make a proposal, go ahead. That's okay. So I'm looking at your roster. If I'm if I'm, first of all, I'm not convinced you guys could offer enough. Really? Okay. okay. But, but if we're going here, you are not getting out of this without at least two of Hall, Dreisaitl, Nurse, and Clefbaum. And, and I'll tell you something else. I'm not convinced. Like, I, I, I really like Nurse and Clefbaum. Do they have Subban's ceiling? No. I don't know if you're doing it then. Huh. Well, what about... Uh... Like, like, I'll tell you something. Like, if I was Bergevin, I'd ask for... Uh, to even consider, I'd ask for both of them and Hall. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Or both of them and Dreisaitl. Whatever you wanted to do. That, that's a big price. Uh, well, the other but you know what? You're, but if you're Montreal, like, like I said, you cannot lose this deal if you're the Montreal Canadiens. Like, like I'll give you like, – like I'll, I'll tell you something. I, I said this actually in the radio in Calgary this morning, so since it's Calgary, I better say the same thing in Edmonton. Um, I do know that at the time that he was going through his contract with a salary arbitration hearing, they had talked to other teams about making a deal. And I think the team that they had the best offer from was Philadelphia. I'm not 100% sure what it was, but I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if a prospect like Moran, who was a first-round pick at that time, was in it. I'm sure there was probably another first-rounder in it and another player at least. And they decided at that time that keeping P.K. Subban was preferable to whatever Philadelphia had to offer. And it's proven to be the right decision by the Canadians. But you got to be. But think how much better of a player Subban is now than what he was two years ago. Like I think he is so much better a defenseman now than when he won the Norris Trophy. It's not even funny. Yeah. Well, I don't know if the others would want to pay that much. Um, and you well, also, that's the kind of deal you yeah. have to make if you're the Montreal Canadian. No, that's fair. And this is a guy also... who gave ten million dollars to the Children's Hospital this year. Yeah. You be, if you're trading that guy out of town, you better make a deal that says. Holy smokes, that's a heck of a deal. Well, what if the Oilers get the first overall pick? Would that be uh, a piece? That... You know what? I, I don't. If I was the Edmonton Oilers and I got the first overall pick, boy, I'll tell you, I don't know if I'm trading it for Subban. No, you're you're that high on a Matthews or the two. Things? I am. Yeah. Uh, like uh, I just, you know, it, it's funny. Like like one of the rumors that went around last year was that you know Buffalo. And Tampa, like Tampa, kind of considered offering Stamkos for the number two pick. I've never gotten confirmation of it, but that's always been the rumor. That if, if Buffalo wanted to acquire Stamkos last year, the number two pick was going to be involved. And I disagreed with it then for Buffalo. Like, I don't think, you know, you're, you're losing. If it's a, like that high ceiling the player, as, as Austin Matthews is, you're losing eight years. I mean, Subban is, I mean, I am a big PK fan. I think he's a really good player. But you're losing eight years. 
you're adding nine million a year onto your cap. Like, like, like you might look at it now and say that's a good deal, but in five years, are you going to be looking at all, as good as Connor McDavid is and what you've already got there? Are you going to be looking at that and saying, "Boy, we really gave up at Austin Matthews in his prime"? Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, like, I mean. I mean, I guess this is this is why they pay Peter Shirelli the big bucks, right? <laughs> he makes these decisions, but I don't know if I would do that. Well, yeah, we're just speculating, so that's why. It's yeah, fun. I know. Hey, that's, that's <laughs> what sports radio is. Exactly. We're throwing we're throwing crap against the wall. We're seeing what sticks. <laughs> uh, okay, let's uh, talk about Jordan Eberle because you did report in your thirty thoughts uh, that it sounds like the Oilers have uh, pulled Eberle off the trade market for now. Yeah, um, that's the information that I have, and. Um, and I, it makes a lot of sense. Like, it's hard to find guys who can play together in this league. And when you've got a Connor McDavid on your team, you've got to make sure you've got a guy who can do something with his passes. There's nothing more frustrating for a talent at his level when you've got a guy there who can't connect with him or can't finish for him. And Eberle clearly can. I mean, you know, in some ways I really feel badly for Eberle and Nugent Hopkins. These two guys, you know, they, they, they hear their names in trade rumors every week. And they must think like they're garbage because they're not garbage. They're both really good players, like really elite level players. And, and you know, partially it's my fault because I'm throwing gasoline <laughs> on the fire every week with this stuff. But you're not the only like, one. I know, but Mark still, Spector like, was throwing them out there a while ago too. So yeah, but nobody reads Mark Spector. Just kidding, Mark. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but like uh, you know, I, uh, um, I I'm looking at this and I'm saying these guys must feel like they're not worth anything. And they are. They're really good players. And now you've got Eberle, and he connects with McDavid, just like Hall connected with Dreisaitl. And, yeah, you go through down phases and times where the scoring goes dry, but a lot of the times you, you're, you're in a, you look at it and you say, boy, this can and should work, and it's exciting when it does. And I think it's hard to find that kind of chemistry. And now that they've got it, I understand the Oilers want to see more of it. Because the last thing you want to do is say, did we give up a guy who's going to score 30 or 40 goals playing, up, playing next to Connor McDavid? Because Jordan Eberle looks like he could be that kind of a player. Maybe 40 is a bit high, but 30, well, I mean, for sure. I could see him maybe getting 50 one day with McDavid in his prime. Oh, you are such a homer. <laughs> you don't think McDavid in his prime? Well, no, I, I'm totally kidding. Like, it's just—it's so hard to score yeah, 50 goals well, in this true. league now. It's so hard now. Like, I mean, I mean, the only guy who does this, Ovechkin. Yeah, and he'll be tight pressed to get that this year. I think he has 37. Yeah, it's right so now. hard now. Yeah. A uh, couple more quick hitters here. Uh, Anthony D'Angelo. Um, I think you mentioned the others were rumored to be scouting him. Is that they were uh, looking at him? Yeah. yeah. Still any fire there? I don't know. Like uh, it, it, that's another guy, like uh, Schultz. Like uh, it's it's got to be tough for him too. Um, and I and I know everybody there is really down on him, but nobody ever goes out trying to play badly. Um, you know, I, I it's really tough for him. And, and whenever I mention him, I'm, it's my my feeling is like it, it's as good for him as it's as good for the Oilers. That it's somewhere it starts all over again. Um, but you know, I, I just think that. The problem with that deal, as I wrote, is that you can't. The salaries don't match up. You've got Schultz at what three point nine? Yeah, they and have uh, like and and D'Angelo's on an Ameri- is on an AHL salary right now, and his NHL salary is nowhere near that. 
So Edmonton would have to take a contract to make it work, and I'm not sure which contract that is, if it's Matt Carl's or somebody's. Um, so, but I do think the Oilers were scouting D'Angelo. I mean, this is a guy who was a first-round pick two years ago, so there's obviously some ability there. Um, he's, he's been a healthy scratch a few times uh, in uh, the American Hockey League, so I could see it kind of being fresh start for fresh start. Uh, just Possibly. Just following up on Tampa Bay here, of course, we heard the report about Steven Stamkos not making, uh, or he won't be dealt before the deadline, but an interesting uh, wrinkle here is what if the what if the Bolts miss the playoffs, because as of yesterday, they were out until I, they won last night, now they're back in, but it should be a dogfight till the end there. What if they miss the playoffs? Will they regret not moving a Stamkos if they move him or lose him? From well, the, every, they, the part that everybody forgets about this is that the guy who has the real control over the situation is Stamkos, and I'm not convinced he wanted to move. Like, it may not work, but I've all, uh, but I've always believed one thing. First and foremost, that guy wants to play his whole career in Tampa Bay. Now it's going down the wrong path. And things are very difficult there now. I, I think that there's, you know, some lost trust between him and the organization going both ways. Um, so it makes it more difficult. But that guy loves the Lightning. And, um, and, and I think he, he wants to go on his terms and not theirs. And uh, he wants to be a part. He wants to take one last run together. I mean, you're right. They may not make the playoffs. But... I mean, you look at that roster, there's no excuse for them not to make the playoffs. Yeah, I'd be shocked if they didn't, but it is still a possibility. It's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. Uh, you got New Jersey in there. Corey Schneider could be the MVP this year. Yeah, and they'll have Camilleri coming back here eventually, so that's like a deadline deal there. So <laughs> it's interesting. Out west as well, you look at the three teams in a dogfight for the wild card spot. So we, we had a chance to watch the wild here last night. They've sort of caught fire. We'll uh, see Colorado on a Saturday night, and uh, the other team in the mix is the Preds. Yeah. Uh, you look at those three teams, Elliot, if they, well, when they make the playoffs, they'll have to either play Chicago, most likely, or L.A., mm-hmm. or Anaheim, who's right behind Chicago, or L.A. as well. So I, I'm sure those teams want to make the playoffs, but at what price? Because you may be out in the first round. You know what? I, I think now you look at it, let's get in, and we'll take our chances. Yeah. Now, I never like betting against the Kings or the Blackhawks. Like, that is just a bad idea to lay money against either one of those two teams. But, you know, you guys proved it. Like, ever since the last, the 2005 lockout, it was the next year you guys went from number eight to game seven of the Stanley Cup final, right? And that convinced everybody, and it really hasn't changed. You know, the Kings won the Stanley Cup as an eight seed. Um, you just got to get in. Now, I, like again, I, I don't like the, I don't like betting against those two teams. I still think they're great, but you'll always take a shot, right? And you want to get in there. And you know, John Tor, I'm really happy for John Torchetti. I've known him for a long time. I think he's a really good guy, really smart, and uh, they've got, they're getting a bit of a bounce to his arrival right now. I really like John. I hope it continues to work out for him. Well, do you see any of those teams making a big move? You know, I, I, I know Minnesota pulled back. I'm curious to see if that's going to change if they keep going. Uh, I know Fletcher has really tried. He has really tried to make a big move. And he just, they were, the guys people wanted, like Charlie Coyle, he knew it was just going to hurt him. So he, he pulled back. He tried everything before he fired Yo. 
Nashville's an interesting one because I do think there's a lot on the line there. And Colorado, to me, like I think if they could get another defenseman, uh, they might be interested in doing that. But I, I don't. Th- I, I can't see them doing a huge move if, unless it brings them like a core defenseman that they can keep for a long time. That's what I think Colorado's big move is. Elliot, thanks for the time. I know you'll be uh, busy the next uh, few days. And uh, well, what is it? Ten days now to the deadline. Yeah, next Monday, and uh, I'll just uh, start getting uh, answering my texts from Stauffer and Spectre now they've been ripping them on the show. <laughs> there you go. All right, Elliot, thanks for your time. Uh, we'll let you get back to it. Enjoy the weekend. All right, Brandon, take care. Bob, hope you feel better, man. See you later, bud. That's Elliot Friedman, NHL Hockey on Rogers. I'm sure I'll have a few more scoops uh, Saturday night uh, for his headlines feature on Hockey Night in Canada. 12.54 in Edmonton. We'll take a timeout on Oilers now. Is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.57 in Edmonton, Oilers Now. All Rick in for Bob Stoffer, Friday edition. We're having some fun here. Uh, we will open up the phone lines in the 1 o'clock hour. It's Friday, what the heck. If you have a P.K. Subban trade proposal, I'm fine to take it. I still don't mind it, as long as it's uh, realistic. You can text us 630-630. Call us 780-496-0063. Do you see the Oilers being active at the trade deadline? Will they trade Purcell? Will they trade Schultz? Anything else? You can call us 780-496-0063. How do you see the rest of the homestand playing out? Lots to hit on. It's your time to shine on Oilers Now. Uh, Before we get to the news, I should mention that uh, minor hockey season is almost over, but there's still time to salute your rank's home ice hero. Watch a video of the latest winner and nominate your own hero at atb.com slash home ice. Eileen Bell, the 1 o'clock news, your phone calls, and Mike Chambers from the Denver Post coming up on Oilers Now.